Welcome to Spirits Podcast, episode 39, Toyotama Hime. What you don't know is Amanda did that five times before we got that take right. I think it was four, but yeah, it uh, it's not my specialty, pronouncing the things that we do here on the show. I bring the comic relief, the Harry Potter references, and the, you know, administration behind the scenes. I was going to say, you bring a lot more, but neither of us really bring the pronunciation. That is true, but we have other strengths, mm-hmm. uh, one of which apparently is, is attracting new patrons yes. to the show. We were uh, so excited to see so many more of you join us over there. It's an amazing community. We did an extra last week on tattooing culture, tattooing mythologies, which I obviously loved a lot. Of course, because you have the coolest tattoo I've ever seen in my entire life. Thank you so much. Please continue to compliment it until we are very, very old in rocking chairs. I will indeed. Awesome. But we would love to thank uh, those who have joined us over the last two weeks. AJ, Daniel, Angelica, Jaden, Sonia, Amanda, Kevin, Ryan, Victoria, Emily, Neon Green Tiger, Nicole, Julie, Gabriel, Ali, Gianna, Carmen, and Holly. Damn, that was really good. Woo! And as always, our support Supporting producers who are the the lifeblood of our show. They're the spine of our story. They're the the arc to our hero's journey. We would love to thank Leanne, Shannon, Phil, Catherine, Christina, MCF, Megan, Sarah, Katie, Derek, Deborah, and now Zargo. Welcome. You guys are the fathom-long crocodiles of our hearts, which apparently isn't that big, but you'll see in the episode. Yeah, bo- both both versions of fathom apply to you. I would default to the bigger one because okay. we love you so much. We do. Um, and Jules, what did we actually drink this episode? We broke out the sake. This is a Japanese myth, so I wanted to keep it, you know, like on brand a little bit. Also, sake is really good. Like chilled sake is actually one of my favorite things to drink during the summer. So. Yeah, I don't particularly care for white wine most of the time, but I will drink chilled sake all day long, which sometimes I do. Yes. And it's really good. Hell yeah. <laughs> I like it a lot. It's just not as, it's not as like... It's refreshing, but it doesn't feel as heavy as white wine does sometimes. So yes. I totally feel you. It's a good summer drink. Cool. Thank you for validating my opinion. Um, speaking welcome. of wine, actually, that, that wasn't a planned segue, but um, Wink is still offering our U.S. listeners over 21, 20 bucks off your first order of wine right to your house. They, they have awesome wines. You can do a quiz online. They send it right to your house. Yes, it's delicious. I am drinking a glass of it right now. It is a Malvia Rosa 2016 named She Loves Me, I think, which is like amazing. It's a great, it's beautiful label. It's very floral. It feels very summery and I love it so much. The flavor is very like Pinot Grigio, but with more Granny Smith apple and peach flavors to it. Interesting. I would not have known any of that if you hadn't told me before I drank it, but I can taste it when I do. I know. Um, and y'all can enjoy that. You can basically get a bottle and a half of wine for free. You get 20 bucks off your first order. If you go to trywink, that's W-I-N-C, so trywink.com slash spirits. Again, U.S. listeners over 21. But if you do that, then Wink will like us and yes. want to come back. And, and we want that very much. And, you know, that means we get more wine, too. So you get wine, we get wine. Everyone's happy. Everyone wins. So guys, this week, instead of doing a recommendation corner, we are bringing you very, very exciting news. This is pretty much all Julie's wanted to talk to me about for the last six months. Pretty much. So what is it, Jules? We're finally doing merch. We're, We're doing merch. doing merch. Oh, guys, I'm so excited. We are going to be launching a shirt and a pin set. So we had some really amazing artists design these pins and these shirts, and it is so pretty it's so cool you guys like we called for artists y'all showed up and these are some of our favorites we're gonna release more but we're starting with just the pins and the shirt 
So we're going to have a two week long pre-order, meaning if you go to spiritspodcast.com slash merch, you will be taken to our beautiful new merch store um, at DFTBA, which is an awesome, like creator owned um, indie, like record label and merch store. Uh, And so we're going to have a kind of creepy, kind of cool t-shirt and it is beautiful designed by a listener and this beautiful pin set of a selkie siren and mommy wata and they are like the most beautiful pins i i want to like have life-size versions of them in my house designed by ashara who's a listener and it's so so good so so good it's they're gorgeous i'm so excited for that i'm excited to wear them myself i'm excited to wear the t-shirt myself which is amazing and shitty self-promotion but i love it anyway <laughs> no we don't wear graphic tees that much but this one we actually do want to wear one i will wear the shit out of because it's so cool And like I said, they are pre-orders because we don't know how many of you actually want to buy t-shirts and it's hard to place that order and to convince, you know, an awesome company like DFTBA that we are worth working with if we don't know how many folks want to wear our stuff on their bodies. So if you go again to spiritspodcast.com slash merch, you can pre-order the pin set, you can pre-order the t-shirt. They may be available again later in the year, but if this first pre-order doesn't, you know, measure up, then they may not be. So if this is something that you want, I would love if you could place an order now. You know, holidays are only like five months away. Yeah. You can uh, you can get something, you know, for your best friend who would love spirits as you tell her to listen to the show. I mean, that makes sense. You can just like secretly be buying her present ahead of time. I like to do that for you. I, I know you I know you do. October sneaks up on me, so yeah, I, I try to get it done at the end of the too. at the end of the summer. Yeah, you got this. But we are so stoked. Thank you so much to everybody who emailed us um, about designers. We are hoping to bring you so much more merch in the future. I want shot glasses. I want mugs. I want posters. I want more t-shirts. I want tank tops. We have a lot of really good ideas. I'm partial to the tote. I think we're going to do some dope-ass totes. And, like, we know how to make a great tote, y'all. Like, we use totes. We know how to make them with good straps and Mm. good bottoms and maybe, like, a zipper. We'll see. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So guys, make sure you go to spiritspodcast.com slash merch and you can pre-order these dope ass shirts and we're going to see you guys. We're going to see you wearing shirts and our pins and stuff that has our name on it. It's going to be amazing. I can't. I'm so pumped. I can't. All right. So Amanda, let's uh, head into the episode, shall we? Let's do it. Enjoy y'all. Spirits Podcast episode 39, Toyotama Hime. So Amanda... I think over the years, you have told me so many good relationship stories. About mine? Yes. Right. Because you've been in a stable, lovely relationship for eight years. years, And I have uh, dated far and wide. Yes. Across the globe. And you've told me some real doozies. I went through college and heard some real doozies. You did? Why Um, are we starting here? This week, we're going to talk about (laughs) the best mythology relationship story I have ever read in my entire life. That is a really high bar. I know. And also, it sounds like you're trying to give me some backdoor advice, which I don't appreciate. I'm not trying to give you any advice. <laughs> this ends poorly. You don't want to be in this relationship. All right. Well, let's see. Let's see what goes Spoiler down. alert. It ends poorly. I mean, Spirits Podcast. Okay. So, Amanda, this week, I want to talk to you about a Japanese goddess named Toyotama Hime. Okay. Um, not only does she have a great name because it means either Lady Bountiful Soul or Luxuriant Jewel Princess, uh, but she has perhaps one of the greatest relationship stories we've ever talked about on the show. Sounds like she should be a character on Steven Universe, and that yes, means A plus in my book. That would be so good. Aw, I oh, just God. surprised you. Nice. That would be adorable. I would love that. Are you ready for all kinds of amazing? Uh, it is better than any 
soap opera story about love and loss, and it's just so good. It's the Grey's Anatomy of mythology, in my opinion. Better than my novelas? Give it to me. Bring it on. But first, let's get some of the boring stuff out of the way, Mm -hmm. because that's what we do. So the main stories about Toyotame Hime are told in the Kojiki, which is the Record of Ancient Matters, and the Nihon Shoki, which is known as the Chronicles of Japan. Uh, Super proud of your pronunciation there. Thank you. I actually did practice these. (laughs) Good job. Basically, these are two historical texts that outline the story of how the goddess met a prince named Luck of the Mountains, also known as uh, Yamasachi, or Fire Subside, which is Ho'ore. So Toyotame Hime was the daughter of a sea deity known as Watasumi and lived with Watasumi in an underwater castle at the bottom of the sea, which was supposedly made out of fish scales. Um, amazing images already. I want a Disney children's movie about it. I know. You know how much I love underwater castles. And you know how much I love sequin garments. Yes, you do. And the idea of an underwater castle that is like fully sequined in fish scales. Like Rainbow Fish was my favorite book as a kid for a reason. I I could have fucking called that. There was also (laughs) a copy right over there, right behind me. I'm not surprised. There was also another one when we were kids that was about a shiny dinosaur. And his shiny dinosaurness helped him save other dinosaurs. He was so cute. He was very cute. Why does difference always have to be like societally accepted when it's helpful though like rudolph right it's yeah. like you're weird until you can help us and then you're fine no like no f that no fuck rudolph that. like like go on strike no <laughs> live your life they should accept you for who you are babe that is true socialist okay. children's book corner this has been spirits podcast <laughs> so watazumi um i should mention is usually portrayed as a giant water dragon uh, while Toyotama Hime uh, is usually portrayed as a beautiful maiden. He is also sometimes known as King Ryujin, which is known as the Dragon God. I'm getting Spirited Away vibes. I, it is very Spirited Away vibes. I'm, I'm glad you made that cultural reference. Good job, Amanda. I saw it for the first time this summer. Of course Thanks, you Andrea. did. So the story begins when Toyotame Hime meets Yamasachi for the first time. Obviously, it's a good place to start the story. And is he in dragon form or, or boy form? No, uh, Toyotame Hime is the maiden, and then Yamasachi is not the dragon. Her dad is the dragon. Yamasachi is the cool prince dude. Got it. So the prince came to the sea in search for a fishing hook that he had lost in the ocean, which had been given to him by his elder brother, known as Luck of the Sea, which is Yumisachi. So you don't want to lose a gift given to you by the luck of the sea. Yeah, basically. And they all have these names that are basically the luck of a mm-hmm. certain area, just for context. So Toyotame Hime goes to a nearby well to draw water because, you know, they have wells underwater for some reason. Maybe it's like a SpongeBob SquarePants style, like giant biodome. It, inside, it might be. Inside like, it's, it's Like Sandy air. the Squirrel. Exactly. Okay, cool. So Yamasachi is already waiting there, having climbed a tree that overhangs the well. Cool. Yamasachi calls out to her from the tree, asking for a sip of water from the well. Toyotame Hime hands him the bucket, and Yamasachi does this cool guy move of sipping the water and then spitting jewels back into the bucket. Um, <laughs> I feel like regurgitation is a strong move for a, for a meat cute. Like, do that in the privacy of your own home and then bring her back like some nice jewelry. <laughs> But I feel like that's just, that's a lot. I feel like that would be the first date with a magician. And I'm just not about it. (laughs) It's just like your first date with Penn and Teller because you're dating both of them. New Netflix miniseries, first date with a magician. Can you imagine, Julia? And like, there's all kinds of magicians, all kinds of people, all kinds of dates. Go to a taco truck, go to an Italian restaurant, go go to a, a fucking laser tag arena. Like, who cares? It would be amazing. I'm crying at this idea. It's you actually so are. Good. Actual tears are coming oh out of God. your eyes. 
I'm fine. Normally, I make myself cry with my goofs. I'm glad that you have had this stroke of genius. It's a good one. It's a really good one. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, so naturally, Toyo Tamehime is completely smitten by this cool jewel uh, spinning girl. Technique. You can do better. So she brings Yamasachi before her goddad and Watasumi. Rec- sorry, dad, who's a god, not like godfather. No, like god dad, god who is also her dad. Okay. Okay. Just checking. Just checking. <laughs> okay. So, I don't know if there's like a Marlon Brando situation here. It would be here. weird as hell. Here's someone like smoking a cigar, eating an orange slice, dying, like figuring it all out. <laughs> Spoilers for Godfather. I just listened to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Watasumi recognizes that Yamasachi is a descendant of some divine gods. So he obviously approves of the marriage and the couple resides in the palace after their marriage for three years. Like, yeah, you know, what's your new son-in-law like? Uh, you know, pretty good, good, good lineage, good parentage, spits emeralds, but, uh, you know, doing, doing my, my daughter right. I think I almost spat my wine out. Thank you for that. You did. I looked down and made sure that my, my carpet wasn't under we're you. We're good. We're good. We're it, good. It is. It is. But I put my hand up, so it's all fine. Thank you. <laughs> Regurgitation <laughs> is, is allowable after 25 years of friendship, Julia. So thank you. Would it have been better if I would spat out sapphires though? Uh, it would have been because okay. then we could upgrade our, our, our hardware. Cool, here. cool, cool. They spend their time there for three years. After three years, though, Yamasachi lets out a very emo, passive aggressive sigh. Okay, yeah. wow. He tells his wife that the whole reason he showed up to the palace in the first place was because he was missing that damn fish hook, and now he has to still return it to his brother. So after three years, he was just like, this has been great, but something's holding me back? Yes. Or is he like, all right, three years, like done and dusted. After three years, you're allowed to like tell your wife about your life-consuming quests that, that brought you together. I think the former, okay. but the latter would be funny. That would be funny. Toyotami Hime encourages him to leave. <laughs> you know, you know, the third anniversary present, Julia, it's life-altering secrets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, diamonds. Secret kids, past arrests, diamonds, forged identities. Ivory. I think ivory is one of them. And then secrets. Ivory is definitely not one of them. Why That's illegal. It? I don't think ivory's. Oh, I'm thinking of pearls, probably. You are thinking of pearls or like China or something. One of those things. You Julia know. Looks, uh, looks around her shoulder at her like uh, ivory China set and says, ooh, better. My bad, my bad. I get rid of that. Toyotama Hime encourages him to leave and go find the fish hook, which he does find eventually in the throat of a giant fish. Okay, great. Um, I'm sure there's a whole story there. Yes. But then as he returns to Toyotama Hime, he gets attacked by a giant fathom long crocodile. Jesus, a fathom is a long, it a is long a, bit. There. A long bit, a very much long bit. That's actually the the metric conversion is is long bit. Long bit. Yeah, okay. one fathom is one long bit. <laughs> in, does that in mean like one tooth is about a mile? I don't know how fathoms work. Fathom. I think a fathom is. I have absolutely no idea. Okay, good. <laughs> you almost convinced me that you did. I appreciate that. I was going to say slightly less than a mile, but I have literally no idea. I figured you had read uh, Moby Dick so many times that you did know what a fathom was. They don't talk about fathoms, motherfucker. All no, right. they talk about whales. Okay, well, whatever. It's nautical. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. So I imagine this fight with the giant fathom long crocodile is a great battle but i want to focus on toyotama hime because she's the important part of the story yeah like, like I, what is she doing on shore when he's off frolicking doing his maui shit like she's not she's not sleeping with a with a, a selkie you bet that's 100 percent true focus on the ladies my point Word. so basically yamasachi survives and needs to return the fish hook to his brother he convinces toyotama hime to come with him to the surface um and at the same time toyotami Hime decides this is the perfect time to tell you bt dubs i'm prego okay great with his baby also don't worry i looked it up 
a fathom is six feet long. What? No, no, it is not. <laughs> yes, it is. No, it's not. I thought it was like a mile. Yeah, I did too. Nope. It's not a not a mythically large crocodile. It's just, <laughs> it a, just normal a normal size, a normal ass crocodile. That can't be right. Okay, to be fair, fathoms could have meant something different in ancient Japan or like in the many, many ways of this has been retold. But like, you know, the more you know. I don't think it was a six foot crocodile. I think it was Seems a much like a bigger, bigger one. one. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made a point and be like, a fathom long crocodile. <laughs> that's like saying a yard long couch. Like, Whoa, brother, that's barely that's a, a love tiny, seat. Tiny, tiny couch. <laughs> Toyotame Hime is prego. Yamasachi promises to make her a thatched hut in order for her to give birth because privacy during birth is an important aspect in this story, as you're about to see. Okay. And also in just ancient Japan. But it isn't finished in time for Toyotame Hime to use when she goes into labor. Retro. I mean, it's usable, but it's not finished, so it's not completely covered and it's not completely private. Neither was the house that I grew up in. When my mom was pregnant with my youngest two siblings and I uh, was like giving birth in the hospital, my dad was like, I have a memory actually of me being left at home being six years old and my dad being like okay the couch is being delivered today so just like deal with that in reality one of my grandparents was probably there but i remember just like the couch being delivered and us being like well i guess it goes over there and then the twins being brought home as like the plastic on the couch is being taken off i genuinely thought that you were going to say that your mother gave birth at home no and i was gonna be like the twins, twins. in like in, no. in a bathtub? No, no, What's no. What's happening? No, none of that What's shit. What's going on? Also, I have so many EMTs in my family that that, that would have been impossible. No, no, no. A, an ambulance appears whenever they're in need. Unless she decided to have a Right, in which birth, case, which like, totally power fine. to you. But she was yeah. like, no. But your family would have rushed her to the hospital either no. way. Kids number three and four, we don't have time for that. No one's got time for that. So as Toyotama Hime is about to give birth, she tells Yamasachi to promise her that he won't watch as she gives birth to their child. Because there is cultural significance here to privacy. Right. Um, but guess what Yamasachi does? I bet he looks. Yeah, he spends a good amount, to be to his credit, uh, he spends a good amount of time being patient and waiting. Uh, but then his curiosity obviously gets the best of him, and he peeks through the slots in the hut to see what's going on. I mean, I would also be worried for my partner if she were inside like giving birth. Like sure. That, that, that's a big thing. I mean, yeah. He, to his surprise, sees, depending on which version, either a crocodile or a dragon cradling the baby. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Secret anamorph? Obviously, this is Toyotami Hime, who has shifted from her natural water deity maiden form into a dragon or crocodile, depending on the story. That is so incredibly badass. Also, the act of birth is a fucking miracle and exciting badass thing mm -hmm. so like yes it makes sense that you're a freaking reptilian dinosaur descended like you know badass mf'er yeah you return to it. your like physical impressive form when you're giving birth yeah. and going through these trials yeah it's like it's like the olympics but every day as women you know push life into the world yeah um, so Toyotami Hime, as these stories usually go, uh, discovers that Yamasachi was spying on her and is utterly ashamed that he had seen her true form and mortified and angry that he sp uh, spied on her. Yeah. It's like every romance with a werewolf. It's like, once you see me, my werewolf, what, what, my werewolf form. My werewolf form. I'm two beers in. Come on. It's fine. Come on. Go ahead. Once you see them in the werewolf form. It's like every werewolf romance novel, Julia, of which I have read a few. I'm not surprised. Go ahead. <laughs> which is like, once you see me in my werewolf form, you're not going to love me anymore. It's like, no, babe, I'll love you more. Yeah, pretty much. Toyotama Hime can no longer face Yamasachi and cannot forgive him 
So she leaves him and their child named Yugaya Fukizayu on the mainland and returns to the sea. Basically, she rides off on a turtle into the sunset, Amazing. which is basically the best breakup story I have ever heard in my entire life. Finding and that comes vibes. from a time where my college roommate called me on the freeway driving from her house in LA did. to LAX with me on speaker telling me that her boyfriend who was in the car, yep. the person she was driving to yep. uh, the airport had cheated on her and was yep. basically ranting. And it was the best story ever. Uh, it's true. So just to set the scene again, uh, someone visiting her in California from the East Coast, she finds out that he had cheated on her in a way, you know, in a way that was not discussed previous. And uh, she drives him to the airport to kick his ass out of her state uh, with Julia on speakerphone explaining to her the story. And asking me what the name of the hot guy in my history class was because she's going to start dating him now. Uh, she is the most badass and I love her. I love her so much. She's getting married next year and I get love to you, be C. one of her bridesmaids. You're the best. It's going to be great. All right. Um, anyway, she doesn't completely abandon them though, which is nice. Instead, she sends her younger sister, Tamayori, uh, to help raise the child. Uh, eventually, her son would grow up, marry Tamayori, and they would give birth to a child that would become the first emperor of Japan. Uh, okay, it's pretty badass. Yes. Not sure how I would feel about my sister marrying my son. It's a much younger sister, I guess. Yeah. 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 Like, she's probably, like, 14 when she sends yeah. her to help raise the child, and it's yeah. only a 14-year difference, so that's not <laughs> so is, is making it is making it logically okay. Uh, and, I mean, also, there's some something to be said about, like, you know, the person you're being raised by, you know, like, it, it can be a little, little odd. Yeah, it, it's a little bit of an electric complex, I will not lie word but, but uh you know nice Freudian analysis there live that life and uh they live their life they like, did give birth to the birth first the emperor, emperor of japan, japan. Fair so enough. that's pretty cool fair enough you know great people come from weird backgrounds sometimes that's yeah, true i just that. saw pacific overtures the sondheim musical okay oft overlooked i'd never seen it before okay um and it is about the kind of you know quote-unquote opening of japan by commodore matthew perry yeah yeah in 1853 or something that sounds about right just gonna just gonna roll with it sure and uh the the fact of the emperor being you know divinely born and, mm -hmm. and divinely led uh is, is a kind of prominent feature in that musical yeah usually um i believe i do not know a super ton about japanese mythology but i believe that the emperor should be able to draw their lineage back to the sun goddess amaratsu mm. uh, in order to claim divine lineage sounds right sounds right feels right so Amanda, this week's episode of Spirits is brought to you by Wink. It sure is. Double sponsor. Double sponsor time. So Wink is a wine delivery service. It comes right to your door. It's so convenient. It's so good, guys. All you have to do is take a quick, short quiz. Um, I took it in less than five minutes and they delivered wine that was delicious right to me. Yeah, dummies like me who don't know anything about wine or sophisticated folks like Julie who know exactly what they want can get wine delivered to you and so generously they are offering $20 off and free shipping to U.S. listeners over 21 on their first order from Wink. Yeah, you gotta have to be legal to, you know, drink some wine, but listen... It is good, good wine. It, it is. is delicious. It is. Average price is like 13 bucks a bottle, but mm -hmm. with that discount of 20 bucks, you get like a bottle and a half for free. Mm -hmm. That is pretty great. It is pretty cool. And you can get all of that at trywink.com slash spirits. That's trywinc.com slash spirits. I was talking to Mike Shubes today about our awesome, awesome Wink sponsorship. Yeah. And he was basically telling me, I don't 
drink wine, but you know what? I'm going to order a box because sometimes it's nice to have wine around when people come over for, for parties. parties and stuff. Same. I don't drink wine act really ever, but Julia does. And I so do. I always have some on hand for her or someone who comes over that doesn't like liquor or God doesn't like you. beer. But just having it on hand is really awesome. You know, order a box, have it on hand, keep it in your pantry. They stay good forever. And you can get them basically half price if it, you do the offer code. It's honestly the perfect service for any host, anyone who enjoys wine, anyone who hosts dinners and stuff like that. It is great to just have wine on hand and just ready to go. And you don't have to run to the store last minute thinking, oh no, I don't have any wine on hand. I'm going to sweat off my makeup. I have to bring a housewarming present to this party. Yeah, Ugh. exactly. So thank you so much to Wink for sponsoring us. If you want to show your support and take advantage of this awesome offer, you can go to trywinkwinc.com slash spirits. Do it up. Thanks, Wink. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Fun fact story time before we kind of dive into the nitty gritty and, you know, kind of discuss our myth. Um, the extinct crocodile genus Toyotami Femia is named after this deity. Dope. Which is great. I love it. Um, and it's a direct reference to this myth. And in a lot of ways, this myth is very similar to the myth of the Selkies. A Selkie wife will stay with her human husband, bear some children until she has the chance to revert to her normal animal form and escape to the sea. Yeah. Because she's like, it's better down here. Yeah, basically. I'm yeah, and my just, hair always flows. You just want to chill out in the ocean. I don't blame you. The ocean's a cool, cool place, especially if you live in a castle that's made out of fish scales. I keep coming back to that though. It's so cool. Ah, oh, so good. Like, um, can you imagine like mermaid style, like hip hugging, green, blue, aqua it's dress? A good look. Good look. It's a good, good look. Good look. I bet there's been cool like wedding cosplays. Oh, around I bet. This myth. Additionally, a lot of modern Japanese media is inspired by the story of Toyotama Hime. A half-dragon, half-human hybrid is a big trope that's usually featured in a lot of books, movies, wow. TV shows, animes, etc. Hmm. I just want to kind of get this out of the way before we discuss the myth itself. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who kind of think Toyotami Hime should have taken her kid with her or stayed to help raise a child or mm -hmm. something like that, which is totally understandable, but we're also assuming that this kid is mostly mortal slash human right right he ended up having the first very human emperor of japan as a son wow so clearly this kid was meant to be on the mainland and not hanging around underneath the ocean in this cool cool palace that we really love yeah and like biologically who knows how that works like right. that could have been like not possible and also as a god you know that's something that's that's really hard i bet to deal with yeah just like have a mortal child that's obviously like you know, to get real for a second, every parent's worst nightmare. Yeah. And, and to know that that is going to happen from the get-go, I can't imagine. Yeah. It also makes me think of uh, Achilles and his mother. They would visit a lot, but Achilles was raised by his very human father. And mm -hmm. uh, the mother knew through prophecy and stuff like that, that Achilles would one day die. So I think that's a really kind of challenging, challenging situation to be in as a parent, just in general. For sure. Yeah. Also, just in terms of like the lived experience and psychological experience of being immortal reminds me of one of my favorite movies ever, which is Only Lovers Left Alive with Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton. As soon as you said that, I knew exactly what you yes. were going to say. And listen, y'all, 
I love vampires. I love lore. I love world building and anything that has a really unique take on something I know really well, whether it is werewolves or vampires or magic or whatever, Mm -hmm. I'm going to read or watch and love it. And Only Lovers Left Alive is about two very, very old vampires, like thousands of years old. And just like what the actual lived experience is of like waking up every day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that has been happening to you for 3000 years. And it is it is lovely. And the only piece of media I've ever really seen that that like kind of deals with that dimension. So recommendation, go for it. Go for it. Just want to finish this out. Um, And it's not like Toyota Mihime never interacted with them again. Uh, She sent her sister to look after her child to make sure that he was raised properly, fulfilling her motherly obligation, even if it was through another person. Sure. So she didn't just like totally walk away. Right. And I can totally imagine her sending little gifts and stuff for him through Tamayori. Yeah. And like so many millions and millions of men and women, you know, leave their family to go be breadwinners elsewhere. Like that's a real choice that people have to make. So I kind of just want to talk about the role of motherhood in this episode. Yeah. And then also just relationships and how you know it's time to leave. Interesting. Which I think is a, an interesting topic. Um, it mostly reminds me of the story of Eros and Psyche because one of the chief morals that that story is supposed to teach is love cannot exist where there is no trust yeah dude which this story is all about 100 yeah because this story is basically what what it comes down to is toyota mihime cannot trust yamasachi anymore yeah so she has to leave and i understand that you know like you i'm sure Every single one of us has been in a relationship where, even if it's not a romantic relationship, where our trust was, you know, betrayed Mm -hmm. and we had to leave the situation because once that trust is betrayed, you either have to work very hard to build it back up or it just disappears completely. Yeah. And a thing that sucks is always kind of wondering if, you know, the person is being truthful. And I can imagine, too, that, like, raising a child, like, it's not something that obviously either one of us has faced yet, Mm -hmm. um, but you don't want to kind of put out those vibes of always wondering if dad is telling the truth. You know what I mean? Like It it reminds me of um, those couples who have shared Facebook accounts. And someone just goes, what? oh, you know, they cheated in the past. Is that a thing? That's 100% a thing. We're, we're just, it's just the couple, like Chris and Linda. Yeah. And like, oh. Yeah. And you know, it's because Chris cheated in the past and now Linda don't trust him anymore. Well, that's creepy. You Who's... didn't know that was a thing? No. Yeah, that's a Who's thing. to say he doesn't have his own? I mean, probably. I mean, he probably does, but oh. he's just like, yeah, honey, this is my Facebook account. It's our joint Facebook account. <gasps> that's pretty creepy. Chris I've is... heard of babies Chris is a dick. I've never known. Let me think about this carefully before I say this on mic. I don't think I've known a non-celebrity Chris that I liked. My cousin is Chris. Your cousin we had Chris I like. The other day. <laughs> we had drinks literally four days ago. I like him quite a lot. Okay, He's a celebrity good. by heart. Yeah, no, I'm not going to stand by that statement. Okay, good. It was a good statement, though. I did like it. You know, I try to take hot takes, strong stances where I can. <laughs> and I'm also a fan of, like, knowing what you need and knowing what you can and can't give. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, if you're trying to be there for someone, but you're always overworked or you're trying to you know, you commit to something and you try to carry it through, but you can't do the job that you want to do because it's not the right match for you. Or you are again, like overcommitted other places, you know, that is sometimes I would say often worse than saying, listen, this is something I can't do. I'm sorry for, you know, backing out or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I respect someone who has enough like inner kind of knowledge 
to be like, listen, this is me and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my best to, you know, give you something instead. Um, and, you know, that, that's what it is. I agree. So in the instance of Toyotami Hime, she gives birth, you know, in an instance where she is, you know, she had trusted Yamasachi. She had followed him from her home up into his world. And then when he betrays her, she's faced with a very tough decision. Do I leave behind this child and my husband or do I stay here and stay with a man I don't trust and a child, you know, that is just born into this world who is mortal just like his father. And it's just a very complicated situation. And I think it puts a lot of emphasis on the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in Toyotama Hime's case, she returns back to the ocean because this is where she's comfortable. This is where her father, you know, she's in a position of privilege where she doesn't have to you know, work or anything like that. She is a princess. She is a goddess. Mm-hmm. Um, and she leaves behind this world of mortality and this world where she has a husband and son, but ones that she can't trust. And I think that's a really big statement, especially when you're thinking about, not that it ever gets to this point in the story, but abusive relationships or something like that. In this kind of situation, she has a support system that she can fall back on, but she also probably struggles with the thought of, you know, leaving behind the support system she had in order to get back to the support system that is her father and the life that she had before her child and her husband. And I would even challenge the phrase fall back on Mm -hmm. because leaving something you know and trying out a different option and returning at the end of the day to the thing in which you started because it happens to be the right fit for you. Yeah. You know, that's not, that's not like accepting the default. Like you did the work of figuring out, is this actually the place or the person or the lifestyle that I want to have or be in? Mm-hmm. Um, and you figure out that like, yeah, like this is, this fits me for a reason or my values are the same as this. Um, you know, I feel that way sometimes like both of us, you know, we live in New York, either in mm-hmm. or not far from the town we grew up in, having lived elsewhere in between. And, you know, I, I never feel like guilt or, or whatever, wondering about what could have been. Because, you know, we we saw a bit of the world, we travel, we like that. But, um, you know, the place that I was born in happens to fit me really, really well. And Mm -hmm. and, like, that's, you know, that's fine. Yeah, I agree. That wasn't the best choice of words. But um, I definitely... No, not against against the words that you're using. But just to say, like, I think that's another element that at least I'm reading into this myth. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I think in this situation, Toyotama Hime doesn't fall back necessarily but she returns to the world that she feels she's supposed to be in she tried out the mortal world it didn't work for her her husband betrayed her like the first couple hours they're there yeah Um, and talk about being betrayed in like the most vulnerable position that a person could ever be in holy shit that is like not just one but two lives in the balance literally and like seriously the most primal like oh god yeah no i completely agree with that i think it is it is a position that she found herself in. It's not a good position she found herself in. She returned back home because, you know, it was a place of comfort. It was a place where she belonged. And I think that's a totally valid thing to do. 100%. I think destiny would be an interesting topic to discuss just because the story ends with their son. Mm-hmm. And their son is then, you know, going to create the line of what will be the Japanese emperors for centuries and centuries to come. Dynasty. Yeah, it's literally a dynasty. And I think it's interesting because 
a lot of times we think of dynasty here in the United States, at least, um, as sort of a, not a, sh- I mean, especially in the United States, it is a short lived thing. Mm-hmm. The country has not been around for very long. We look at the Kennedys as a dynasty, even though they've only been around since, I don't know, the forties at the earliest. Sort yeah. Of thing. And with a certain amount of skepticism and like, really, like, can this really have been the best choice two and three and four times in a row? Right. Yeah. But I think it's interesting that so much faith is put into the concept of dynasty in early Japanese mythology. The idea that this person is divine and therefore they are meant to lead us. Interesting. And I like too that like the father of the emperor had to overcome some hardship in his life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I don't know, obviously the the cultural differences, but at least here for us, like the idea of overcoming obstacles and sort of rags to riches, pulling yourself up, you know, it's a thing that really lends, I think, like legitimacy and credence to a person's origin story and origin myth. Oh yeah, that's literally the American dream. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. so if if the emperor were born to a god, maybe that would be a little bit too easy, you know what yeah. I mean? But for him to have divine lineage, but have been raised by parents who, you know, had to make their own way in the world, mm-hmm. that kind of seemed like the best of both situations. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. It, it gives him legitimacy, not only because of the divine rule and the divine lineage, but it also gives legitimacy in the sense that oh, he's not, you know, directly descended from a god. He's not literally the child of a god. He is, man you know, of the earth. he is a man of the earth. He is a mortal. He is here and he is much like the people. Yeah. Which is kind of beautiful, don't you think? That is really beautiful. And it calls to mind all of the sort of like, my grandma had the sixth sense like stories that yes. we would tell each other, you know, and, and, and do to this day. Mm-hmm. Like we have so many friends, you know, from, from our hometown who's like, grandma had the sight, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that sort of that level of remove. Um, I don't know. There's something about it that feels like you can draw on it, but but you yourself are are far enough removed that it's real. Um, mm-hmm. Like my grandpa talked about fairies, you know, and like yeah. was from Ireland and, uh, and that I, I don't know, like it, it's enough that I'm like, I feel some attachment to it, but I also don't feel like it takes away from my like being a, a like rational person living in today. And I think that touch of divinity also lends legitimacy. Like yeah. you just said, your grandmother has a sight, but that's enough away from you that you're like, I don't personally experience this thing, but I know it's real because, you know, someone in my exactly. family has it. Exactly. And I think that's almost exactly what gets the, you know, a, a dynasty, the power that it does, because you understand this is a thing that exists. I'm not, I might not be experiencing it firsthand for myself but right. i know it's a thing that exists yeah or like the pieces were put in place by you know the creators but i'm the one that you know moved them the way the way that they should be moved um or the stage was set you know the the pieces were there and i'm the one who brought it to reality uh where it's it's the sort of like the fates conspired for this to be a thing that should happen but but i myself the mortal still had to make it so and that feels like really the ideal combination of like, not only is this person like hardworking and skilled and knows what the heck they're doing, but also like fate is on our side. I like that. I super like that. So Amanda, on a scale of one to 10, yes. Um, how would you rate Toyotami Hime's relationship story to ones you've heard in New York City? Uh, I mean, it's a pretty great story. It's pretty solid. Uh, I would give it probably 
let me think of the dimensions in which I want to rate this story. There, There is, like, transformation into a dragon slash crocodile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also gem spitting. Right. So, like, in terms of in terms of the meat cute, the origin story, like, that's probably a solid 8 out of 10. Okay. A little bit gross. Certainly memorable. Mm-hmm. Paints a real word picture in my mind. It does. Great. In terms of fallout, mm-hmm. definitely a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Leaving a kid behind and needing to flee not only the city, not only the state, not only the country, but the realm. That's pretty intense. And on a sea turtle, no less. On a sea turtle, Finding Nemo style, into that, into that torrent of whatever it was called, the, 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 whatever, what was it? The like current? <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you because the like, current? it's great. It, it was the current. You're right. It's not the. No, no, no you're right. It's My a brain current. wants to say the, the PCT, the Pacific Crest Trail, but, or whatever it's called. Yeah. But that, that's something right. like that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the, the thermo. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so close. <laughs> oh, it's so good so watching evil. you struggle like that. <laughs> Thank you, best friend, Fanny from the Cradle. Um, terms of trust, that's an easy one out of ten. Mm-hmm. Don't look. Yeah, don't, don't look. look. Just don't. It's, it's literally the story of uh, Orpheus and Yuri DJ. Don't Super. fucking look, dude. Super She's is. there behind you. Don't look. You're gonna send her back into the underworld. I know. You're I know. Dick. And communication, also probably like a four out of ten. Yeah, not great. She she told him what she needed. He didn't listen. Yeah. Um. He also wasn't very good at um, communicating, you know, the whole, the reason I came down here three years ago was I came for a fish hook. Yep. No, no, no. That is something that should definitely happen pre-marriage. Yeah. uh, In that, in that prenup. (laughs) They got swept up in that. Yeah. They, they really, they got, but in terms of like, yeah, like romance, commitment, devotion, you know, it sounds pretty whirlwind. And betrayal. That's also betrayal, they, those things do go hand in hand. It's like the people who you hear that are like, oh yeah, my second date, we went to, you know, Europe together. Like, what, what are you talking Why? about? Also, your breakup story is going to be epic. It's going to be so good. Do you're going to be sometimes? in Venice and you push him over a gondola into the water. I know. Like, do you think about that sometimes where someone like tells you a story about like a date that they were on or something and you're just like, wow, it's going to be awesome when you guys break up. Yeah, Not because you want them to break up, just because like, just that's I the know. tenor of the story. Because you went so high yep. and you have to come back so far down you in super order to do. lose. You super do. I think that was a good meet cute and breakup story, in my opinion. It's a it's a meet cute breakup epic. Yes, I like that quite a lot. All right, listeners, stay creepy, stay cool. Mwah. Spirits was created by Julia Shafini and me, Amanda McLaughlin. It's edited by Eric Schneider with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Subscribe to Spirits on your preferred podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr at Spirits Podcast. On our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, you can sign up for exclusive content like behind-the-scenes photos, audio extras, director's commentary, blooper reels, and beautiful recipe cards with custom drink and snack pairings. If you like the show, please share with your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time. 